Okay, I'm going to start the music right now. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Actually, scared this. me that time. Did I? Good, mm-hmm. good, good, yeah, jump a little. <laughs> uh, my name is Tyler. Oh, this is Asinine Radio. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Starting off strong. This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we uh, we have our fearless beer review. We get into our vinyl pickups, what we've listened to. That leads into our songs of the week. And then we finish up with some new music and other happenings in the music world. Like I already said, my name is Tyler. And way out there, hundreds of miles away, it's Jeff. Go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Ask 9 Radio. we got a phone number. You can call us, uh, leave us a voicemail, send us a text. The phone number is 503-893-5307. Get into that. And uh, now, Jeff, let's just get right into our Fearless Beer Review. What do you got? Go. So this is uh, what I thought was like a local brewery, Husk Brewing Company, which which kind of is. They're in Tempe. But I have I have a stout. It's it's called Brown Cow. It's an imperial chocolate milk stout. Mm-hmm. Is my voice really loud? Uh, it sounds a little bit loud. What does it look like on the? Yeah, turn down a little bit. There, okay. it looks a lot better now. Okay, good. Yeah. So this this was from Tempe, yeah. and now I'm looking on Beer Advocate or um, Untapped, and it's called Brown Cow, a total wine collaboration project. Total wine? Yeah. Wow, oh, that's weird. That's. F- fucking lame dude i don't like that yeah i don't either i don't like that either yeah this is a house brewing collaboration brewed with our friends at total wine arizona hmm okay wow i didn't know i never knew total wine dabbled in that kind of stuff i didn't i mean dabbled in actual brewing that's kind of cool that like a you know corporate total wine will allow their employees to do something fun (laughs) i i dig that but i don't know that's still kind of lame yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not going to drink this, to be honest. I'm going to throw it in the trash. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to drink it. Um, but I, for, I until just right now, I forgot that we had the other the raspberry. Did you put a raspberry seltzer in your fridge? Oh, yeah, no? fuck. No, I forgot. Okay, you that's good, too. Well, that's, that's fine. Next because, week. Yeah, next week. Next week. So, yeah, I, this is what I have. It's 8%. Like I said, it's imperial. But I'm worried because it's, uh, it's a double milk stout. So if it's milky, so that's fucking yeah, it's gross. Sloan, a uh, friend of the pot, Sloan reviewed it, and he gave it a three point five out of five on Untapped. So there you go. Of course he did. There's of only fifty. There's only fifty check-ins. Oh, that's not a lot at all. Well, I know. Well, actually, that's not too bad considering it's so uh, local. Yeah, that's crazy. I cannot believe this is a total wine collaborative thing. That's so fucking lame. Yeah, it's pretty lame. I don't like it. That's just. I don't know. The, the The entire integrity of Hus Brewing is now compromised. <laughs> they make a really good wonder, coffee pulse, if, though. I wonder if it is owned or partially owned by Total Wine. Well, now I'm fine. Now I got to do research. <laughs> okay, so you have your uh, your nasty milk stout from your Total Wine uh, brewery, and uh, I have something called uh, All Right. Wait. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. All Right. Easy IPA. 
and uh, it's spelled it's spelled weird. That's why it's spelled A L R Y E apostrophe G H T. That's so uh, dumb. they're trying to I be clever. That. Yeah, it's from Latchkey Brewery. Latchkey Brewing. I've never heard of it, and I got this at the local liquor store. And the label's kind of stupid. It's a guy with a man bun, a beard, um, and he has tattoos. It's just like a cartoon picture, but it's kind of looks kind of dumb. And uh, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. It pours out nice though. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I didn't, uh, I'm still. It doesn't uh, smell, it doesn't smell very glass. good. Though. Oh yeah, you do got a glass right here. Okay. Yeah, no, actually, no, it does smell kind of good. When I opened the can, it smelled like like ass. Mm. But now smelling it out of the the glass, it smells good. Oh. Mm. What's wrong? <laughs> oh, I smelled my can. It was not a good smell. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. What's it, what's yours called again? I'm sorry. It's called brown <laughs> brown cow. Brown cow. Now, now, brown cow. Just the fact that that Sloan rated a three point five means that it's it's probably bad. He rates everything yeah. four and above. <laughs> he's the he's the worst sometimes. Yeah. You know, like on 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 Beer Advocate, you can see like what you rate things on average. Yeah, yeah. Mine's like I think I'm at like a three point two five or something like that. I think his is like four point two. Of course, it and is. It's like, dude, that means like the, 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 on average, if you try a beer, you're gonna rate it a four point two. That's sickening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's friggin' amazing. Show a little backbone. <laughs> oh God. Okay, are you ready to drink this? Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay. Here we go. <coughs> What's wrong with yours? <laughs> you don't like it? <coughs> Not at all. What's wrong with it? Oh my god, that is fucking disgusting. What's wrong with it? This tastes like I don't even know what this tastes like. This I there's no chocolate in this whatsoever. It's not milky. It just tastes like stale like a stale lager, like a buddy that was sitting out for too long. <laughs> Ugh. But it's supposed to be a stout? Dude, I hate to rate this like understand. a fucking one point five on untapped, but I, I think I have to. Oh, this is so nasty! It smells gross. It looks gross. <laughs> wow. All right. So my uh, my IPA, this hazy IPA. This is not a good hazy IPA. It's uh, it's not very sweet or fruity. It's um, it's really bland. It, it tastes like dust. Like it just it's it, it's bland. It, but it's not even hoppy. It's just kind of gross. Well, it's not gross. It's just there's nothing to it, you know. It, it looks really nice, though. It does. It has a very nice color, but I, I don't know. It doesn't, this is not very good either. Uh, so we have a three-point rating system where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer. You're going to continue to drink. One is a bad beer, but you should give it a shot. And zero is a drain pour. So what do you give your uh, your brown cow? I mean, it's not getting more than a one. But I'm just I'm trying to figure out if I should even give it a one. Like, why would I? Why would anybody need to try this? The only reason why I think I would even give it a one is because it is a collaboration with Total Wine, mm-hmm. and that's gimmicky in itself, I guess. It but is. Mm, I'm hard. I'll give it a one, just because okay. I I feel bad if I don't. But God, this beer is fucking nasty. <laughs> this is just not bad. good. All right, so with my um, my all right hazy IPA, it is very all right, and I will never I'll never drink it again. Uh, so I'm gonna have to give it a one point five because it's not terrible, but there's no reason to ever try it. I mean, 
I mean, just try it, but it's not like terrible, you know? So it's, it's 1.5. It's 1.5 out of three from our world famous uh, rating system. Yeah, this is just so boring. Just bland. Well, I mean, I'll take boring over gross. We well, yeah, of course. Someone bought four of these, so we have two oh. more that we got to drink. But he loves it, so it's okay. He'll I mean, he'll, he'll drink them, yeah. So yeah, my average my average rating on Untapped is three point three four. Sounds about right. Yeah, that's that's normal. So uh, our boy Raul um, did not leave a review for mine because mine isn't even on Beer Advocate, so it's got nothing there. Did you check yours? Because I, I tried looking up yours, but I, I couldn't find it. But I didn't look very hard. I did. I did. I had to crack open a, a, a curry's lime to get that taste out of my mouth. <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna toss it. You're not even gonna try to. No, this it. is a drain pour. This is this is trash. This is fucking garbage. Well, if it's a drain pour, is, if it's a drain pour, then it has to be below one. But I'm just I've never seen anything. You got to give it a, a point collaboration five, with Total Wine. That's just uh, it's it's fucking unreal. It's weird. Then give it a point five. Give it a point five. That's what you should do. To be true to the system, I'll give it a point nine nine. Because you're right. Okay, if, if this fine. is a drain pour, okay. I can't quite give it a one. But it, it because of the total wine thing, even though that you know it's corporate shills, I don't care. But it's 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 unique. It's weird. Okay. All right. So point nine nine and a one point five for mine. Uh, should we move on then to our yeah? Dude, we're just starting off on a horrible foot already. <laughs> I know. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So what do you got vinyl wise? Go. Vinyl wise, uh, kind of going along the lines with last week, the Steels Young Band, Stephen Steels and Neil Young. This mm-hmm. is a, a 1976 album. This is the album that was supposed to be the follow up to Deja Vu as like the reunion album. And this was, uh, they were all work, all four of them working on it together. This was after the four way street live stuff came out and they were just fighting constantly, like little children. And, mm-hmm. Before they were finished, like when they were close to finishing, Crosby and Nash left the recording to finish up an album that they were already working on with, with um, they're on a contract or some deadline or whatever. So they took off. And of course, that angered Stills and Young. So what did they do? They deleted everything that Crosby and Nash had done. Every single thing that they had done for this album, they deleted it all. So this went from being a potential, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young thing to just Stills, Young. And okay. It's it, this is the only recording. This is the only recording under the Stills Young band name. This is it, and it's just because they deleted everything after they left. That is deleted or just destroyed. Probably destroyed. Probably just <laughs> like knowing them and how petty they were. They probably destroyed it, and then they probably burned whatever they used to record it on anyway, just so there was no way anybody would ever find it. One of the pettiest bands of all time. It's so fucking pathetic. It's so stupid. Did we talk about last week how 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 Buffalo Springfield was like formed with, with Stills no. and Young. It's so, like they were going to meet up in LA, but kind of missed each other. And then they were leaving. They said, oh, fuck it. Let's just go about our separate ways. And they're sitting in traffic. And because Neil Young drove a hearse at the time, they're oh sitting in traffic God. and they saw each other in like gridlock traffic in LA. And we're like, oh, we're supposed to meet up with you. Like, oh, let's meet up now. And that's how like Buffalo Springfield officially got formed. That's kind of cool then. Yeah, it's fucking rad. I like that. But come on, Neil Young driving a fucking hearse, so cheesy. I mean, look at him though. That's is that not the most Neil Young thing you could possibly think of? True, true. Dude, get out of here, you fucking idiot! Don't hit the cat, Tyler. Dude, last because week you know what you she's gonna do? Butt. She's gonna fuck up the wires, the wires, and it's gonna destroy everything. It's gonna fucking piss me off. 
Oy. Well, maybe you okay. shouldn't have, uh, I don't know, got wired or something. I don't know. <laughs> so so th- this album, they basically switch off like back and forth, track by track. And and Young's tracks, they're fucking fantastic. Some of his best writing, honestly. It's absolutely great. And that's even by like automatically being an, a Neil Young song. It's already good. Even by that standard, these are even better. But okay. holy shit, dude. Still's tracks are fucking trash. Just absolute oh, trash. They're cringy. <laughs> his, his first track is called Make Love to You. And it's just, uh, it's like a fucking Barry White song. It's pathetic. It's awful. It was almost unlistenable. Terrible. And I'm like, I'm. Where did I'm, you get this from? I got this one from Aldo's, and it was like six dollars, okay. and and it wasn't very expensive. And I'm, I'm on the oh God. I almost want to get rid of it, but Neil Young songs are so fucking good. <laughs> but then when you listen to it again, you're gonna have to get up and like change the song. You know, that's a pain in the ass with the vinyl. This is my second listen through. So the first time I, I hated his, his stuff. So I did listen to it again this, before I filed it away. I listened to it twice. And it, it, Neil Young's songs are good enough for me to keep this. And at least I can laugh at how shitty Stills is on this album. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. It's make love to you. Like, what are you doing? What, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that's pretty, it's pretty oh. embarrassing. It's awful. Yeah. So <laughs> next up. So I, I, I hate Jefferson Starship. I, I, I just, I have so many of their albums that I'm selling and I sell them for like dollars because nobody fucking likes them. And Jefferson Airplane, the band that before I, I like, you know, their two biggest hits, White Rabbit and then Somebody to Love. I think those are great songs, but I just never got into Jefferson Airplane because I hate Jefferson Starship so much. Mm-hmm. So this guy, Paul Kant, Paul Kantner was was kind of the the one of the leaders in Jefferson Airplane and then kind of formed Jefferson Starship. But when we talked about last week the the Planet Earth Rock and Roll Orchestra, remember with with like Jerry Garcia and like everybody from the Fran, the San Fran area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time they ever really collabed on an album was Paul Kantner's first album outside of Jefferson Airplane and it was called Blows Against the Empire. And then I like that. Small title below it, Jefferson Starship. But that was before he even thought that they were going to form Jefferson Starship. He just called it Jefferson Starship just for whatever reason. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's, this is kind of like the first Jefferson Starship album, but in name only because the music is so much better. If you liked that David Crosby one, then you will like this one a lot because it's the same thing, mm-hmm. but a little bit more psychedelic, a little bit more out there. All the same musicians, including Crosby, including Stills, all these guys are on it. It is a fantastic album. Okay. So check it out. But then I also got Jefferson Airplanes. I got their first album, their second album, and then their fifth album. Because I've been looking for this Paul Kantner one for a while. And I knew that that Desi had it at all, though. So when you came out, I don't know if you remember, but I bought two Jefferson oh, Airplane albums. Then I bought this one because I knew he had it. And I was like, I'll just buy them all in one fell swoop because they've been sitting there for a while. And he'll give me a discount. And he did. So they're good. Take, takes off. Jefferson Airplane takes off as their first one, 1967. Surrealistic Pillow, that's their biggest one, the pink cover. That's got Somebody to Love. That's got White Rabbit on it. That's their second album, 1967. Both phenomenal. Absolute banger of albums. Like, they're so good. And then Volunteers, their fifth album from 1969, that is also really, really good. They just, I just cannot believe that Jefferson Airplane would eventually transcend in, into kind of Jefferson Starship and then Hot Tuna. But Jefferson Starship is just so fucking boring. It is unbelievable how boring they are. So I, I don't remember I, I don't remember what either band sounds like. 
<clears throat> what what's the big difference? Is it more like synth based? The the is Jefferson Starship more synth based? It almost seems like Jefferson Starship is trying to take the melodies and because Grace Slick is 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 the big female vocalist from both bands. She went to Jefferson Starship and she's the one like that song Somebody to Love. Won't you find somebody to love? If you watch Cable Guy, Jim Carrey also yeah. sings a really good yeah. rendition of it. But she, like, you would think she's the the driving force behind this band, but it's it's like the bass player and then the drummer, Mar- Marty Balin. Like, these guys are the ones that are just writing really drawn-out kind of psychedelic riffs that just kind of repeat, and they're very, these like, they, they dig into you. And I think mm-hmm. Jefferson Starship lacks that kind of, just, just let it play, guys. Let, okay. Let the, play the ball as it lies type of thing from Happy Gilmore. Play the ball as it lies, Jefferson Starship. A lot of Starship. references tonight. I know we're we're starting off strong because that beer was terrible. <laughs> so the Jefferson Starship is a trash, absolute trash, garbage music. All right. All right. But this Paul Cantner album is fantastic. How many airplane records do you have now? Uh, three. That's it. Yeah. Oh. I okay. just got into them be- because of Paul Cantner, because of this the blows against the empire, because I knew that Jerry was on it, and I knew that like Mickey Hart and these Jerry. guys from the San Fran area were on it, and I said okay. This has got to be great, and I know all. I knew Desi had it for like ten bucks, and so I, and then he's. And then I was like, okay, well, fuck it. Like it's got to be good because there's all these iconic musicians on it. But I didn't. I never. Sure. I never dove into the airplane stuff. So I listened to two songs from the Paul Cantner, "The Blows Against the Empire," beforehand, and I loved it. And so then I was like, okay, I know he's selling takes off their first album for like five dollars. That's fine. I'll pick it up. And then Surrealistic Pillow, which is their biggest album. That has their two biggest hits. That was like ten dollars. I said, okay, even if they're both complete shit, I can probably sell them on eBay and get my money back. No big deal. Oh yeah, definitely. No big deal. So yeah, especially that's, if you sell it as a bundle. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still new to the airplane thing, but I will never be a fan of Jefferson Starship because they're trash. All right, that's fair. Garbage. So what else you got? Uh, I got a comp, a surf comp. It's called Digging Out. D-I-G-G-I-N apostrophe out. Digging out. Okay. Pretty cool stuff. I don't yeah. even know when it was made. It was put out by this label, uh, Mr. Man Manicotti Records, and they just put out like various comps of, of different genres by bands that were just kind of like one-off. Mm-hmm. And this is like, there's 18 bands on this, and even even after my like deep dive into the surf rock genre since we started collecting, I only recognized three out of the 18 of these bands. And it's... Oh, that's pretty crazy. It's fucking insane that surf rock only lasted a couple years, a handful of years. And if you go on Discogs and you kind of like click all these people's names, all the band's names, mm-hmm. it'll bring you to their band page. And most of them only did one, maybe two seven inches. That's it. <laughs> so this. And it's all instrumental. There, there's there's very little singing, and the only time they're singing is just when they're they're, they're singing like "Oh, surf's up" or some stupid shit like that. That's but so it's, cool though. But it's it's pretty much all just instrumental, and I mean it's it's surf rock, so it all sounds pretty similar. But goddamn, I cannot believe. And I was talking to the guy at Gray's because he loves surf rock too, and he's like, "Oh, dude, that comp is so good, I have it." And I, and I was like, "I've never heard of like most of these bands." He's like, "Yeah, dude, there's thousands of surf bands that came out in this era, but because it, it came and went so fast." A lot of these bands... Oh, they just, never just, recorded albums. Yeah, they never did an album. They just did maybe one or two seven inches, and the, that was it. And by that, by the time they were released, it was, it was gone. But he says nuts. he has like hundreds of, of, of seven inches from various surf bands that, like he said, you probably have never heard of any of them. 
That's so cool, though. Yeah. Does it, does that mean you're gonna kind of dive into the the single stuff? No. Like buy no. a bunch of forty fives. No, because because they there's a lot of other companies and a lot of other record labels that will make comps like this that I'd rather just buy. Okay. Yeah, I would rather do that too. Because yeah, I mean I'm not gonna fucking buy, you know, five hundred seven inches of the same song. Hearing hearing forty five different bands play Miser Lou, <laughs> and have to change it out every three minutes. Yeah, because one of the bands does do Miser Lou on this, so that's of course, that. of course, a bit of girls. Yeah, so that oh, I got, you got it from Grace. That's yeah, I got it from Grace. That was a good one. And the next one I've had for a while, and I decided just to listen to it because it's so it's Counting Crows, August, and everything after, but it's their live mm-hmm. performance of this album. So that album came That's out weird. early '90s. This performance was recorded in 2007, but then released in 2011. And Counting Crows is one of those bands that that a lot of people like. And I mm-hmm. don't. I never really understood why, because I think Mr. Jones is is fine. I think it's a good yeah, song. It's a good song, yeah. But listening to this, I think, uh, dude, these guys are solid. I think it's really, really good. Not only is just like the music solid, and like every single song is just as catchy as Mr. Jones, but that guy Adam Duritz, he is such a good singer. And it's he every is. every yeah. time he opens his mouth, it's just it's very, it's very endearing. It's very real. It's very. I don't know. It's, it's 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 very like he's singing to you. It's very like Peggy Lee style. It's good stuff. And then like the way he sings is just so casual and half-assed. And he expects mm-hmm. like the band just to pick up the pace because if he decides to go a little bit faster, then the band will say, "Okay, we have to cut this song a little bit short because he's blowing through these lyrics faster than normal." And he just kind of does whatever the fuck he wants. And it's amazing. So, where did you get this from and and why? This was from just some random lot that I got of, of... Actually, I got this in the same lot that I got the Linkin Park album for myself and then, mm-hmm. I don't know, some other stuff too. That This was like the outlier that this person had where it was mostly like like metal stuff and then I think it was rap. And this was the thing like, oh, that's kind of weird that you have this, but whatever. And I just... It, it's a double so thing weird. and I, I, I just never listened to it, never picked it up. And I said, you know what? I'm listening to it. I got a little time in my hands. Let's see. Let's see what the fuss is about. And you no. love it. That, no, now I you're did. Counting Crowsman. I mean, that that album's solid, though. That, that's, that's a good album. It's a good album. Yeah, it is. It is. But I, I wouldn't say I'm a Counting Crowsman, because that was your first album. And not, I'm not about to go li- listen to all their other fucking six more albums or whatever. I think I'm Unless good here. we did it on the pot. I'd be down to do this one. It's a good album. The live one or the actual album itself? Probably do the actual album itself, but uh, yeah, whatever. Either way. It's good stuff, though. It's cool. It's cool, 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 cool. All right. I'll take your word for it. Take my word for it. And that's the last thing. And then that leads me to my pick of the week. What do you got? Which is Khalid. Oh, my God. This is a weird one. This is a weird one. I don't, why, why do you think this is weird? I don't know why you hate this genre anything like this. It's, this is good, good stuff. This is Khalid. This is from his first album. Mm-hmm. 2017, American Teen. And this guy, this guy's been around. He this this came out when he was like eighteen, so he actually wrote it when he was like seventeen. Mm-hmm. So the song that I chose is eighteen. That's my favorite song from the album, and it's 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 just good. Like this guy has collabed with a lot of people. He was on the the Suicide Hotline song with with Logic. He's mm-hmm. done stuff with like Billie Eilish, Billie Eilish, just just a lot of different people. And he's just it's it's just very, it's very pop, very like teen pop. 
not yeah. just because it's, the song's 18, but it's very teen pop. The things he's talking about is very, very teenager, very... Oh, yeah. Very angsty, but in a very lackadaisical way. I could see where a lot of people, you know, 16, 17 years old, would like this. I could totally understand it. But, I mean, I just... It's just not for me, man. I... I don't get this genre. I, I've I've tried. I've really tried. I just don't get emo hip hop. It's just Not for it's, me. It's cool, man. It's just a it's a nice it's a nice different spin on especially like the SoundCloud stuff that was coming out in this era. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. I don't know. I like it. And, and 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 not all the SoundCloud stuff is bad, even though we talk shit about it constantly because <laughs> a uh, lot of it's pretty a lot of it's bad. pretty fucking bad. Yeah. But it's it was just a nice contrast to to, to see. I don't know, this guy putting, pretty much anybody in SoundCloud rap in general just putting out their music in hopes that somebody will pick it up. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. dig. And I like this album a lot. It's good. Good. I'm, I'm glad. Where'd you get this one from? This was at Grace. It's always like 20 bucks at Target, like brand new. Oh, okay. And then Grace had it used, because I know they have it new for 20 but they had it used. And I was like, oh, cool. I could probably pick it up for like 15 bucks. And it's the blue variant. It's double disc. So, so yeah, it's like $15. And There you go. That's not bad. Very happy with it. Good, 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 good. And then so, someone bought it. Oh God! Of course he did. It's so aggravating. Uh, okay, so here's the uh, here's the song eighteen from uh, Khalid. Khalid, and also one of my world famous fades. Haven't heard one of those in a long time. But uh, this song, yeah, it's it's fine. It, it's not a bad song. It's one of the better ones I've heard from this genre. But uh, it's kind of it's cheesy as hell. Yeah, it's so it's, cheesy. He's, he's complaining about his parents. He's like, "Here's are more understanding." It's so dumb. <laughs> oh God, I just I, I, like I said, it, it's. I could definitely see somebody 15 to 17 really digging this song. 
the lyrics, the music, everything like that. I mean, it's it's no different than like us listening to some stupid shit by email from when we were kids that are singing about the same thing, just in a different thing. I don't know, just a different True. genre. Yeah, no, I, you're right. I know. I, and I feel like this is like the, the um, this would be like the the parent friendly artist. You know, like like we like when we were growing up, like you the parental advisory thing, you know, mm-hmm. where our parents wouldn't buy us, you know, corn or Limbiscuit or Kid Rock because of the parental advisory. But then you had a guy like Khalid, he would be the equivalent to, let's say, I guess Taking Back Sunday or something where there's no parental advisory. So it's OK for parents to buy it for their kids. Yeah, that's what this is. It's very, very parent friendly. Not that like he makes music specifically for that reason, but it is yeah. it is very PG-13 rather than like R. Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> I, mean, I would I would never buy the record. I don't think I would ever listen to the song again. But I assume this is on your, your emo hip hop playlist, right? This song? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Of course. Yeah. Which I have listened to. I have listened to that playlist. If that playlist didn't do it for you, there's, there's you're not going to get into the genre at all. No way. I know. I wanted to. I really want. I listened to like at least 45 minutes of that playlist. Oof. And I just couldn't do it, man. I just could not do it. There is some so. good stuff on that playlist. Well, debatable for sure, debatable. <laughs> all right. So, is that all you got for your that, your pick yeah. of the week in vinyls? That's it. That's all, babe boy. All right. So, uh, what do I have? So, I don't have very much. I didn't listen to a lot of new stuff. I, my backlog is still probably fifteen deep, but you know, it's mostly jazz, and sometimes I just don't want to listen to jazz. So. I didn't listen to a lot, just two, including my pick of the week. So let's start with the first one, because that's a great place to start is the first one. Uh, that's Django Reinhardt. We've talked about him a bit on the pod. Uh, he's a very famous jazz guitar player, gypsy jazz, I guess you could say. And uh, he was very, f- he was, he got his start back in like the 20s and 30s. He died in like 1953. And he never actually put out a full length record. So what I have is a compilation and it's just called volume two. This particular compilation came out in 1971. I picked this up from white rabbit. Just, I, I kind of like pick up any Django that's cheap because it's always fun. It's always, it's always a really good listen. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I mean, like I said, he never put out a full length record because by 1953, when he died, that wasn't a thing. Like nobody put out full length. So everything he put out were just singles. Uh, on seven, like on seventy eights, and uh, and from what I was reading, I think he recorded like nine hundred record. He had like nine, he has like nine hundred recordings. Good God! So over over the decades, you know, different record record labels have made these massive compilations of his music, and this is just one of them. So I have a couple of couple other uh, compilations of his, and it's just good stuff. I, it's it's very rough sounding, a lot of background noise. And everything. It's like listening to to an old, um, like Delta Blues guitarist yeah. or something, like one of their comps or something. Something. <laughs> so what? What's that noise? There's a fucking cat. She's pissing me <laughs> off again. Dude, she gets all up in the, all the cords <laughs> and she starts like rubbing her face in all the the cables and cords. Ah, oh, so annoying. But anyway. Okay. Django Reinhardt, great guitar player. Uh, go look him up if you never have. He 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 had a very unique style because he was missing some of his fingers, and it's pretty wild. 
great stuff. Good stuff. I know you'd agree with me on that one, right? I actually have like more in my backlog of him because at some point I was just buying everything I could. Mm-hmm. Over here, he's like three to five dollars. Same but now, but now I just have so much Django right now. I'm not going to keep it all. I need like two, and that is it. I know. I think if whenever I get in that that kind of mood where I want to listen to jazz, I'll throw on like three or four records, or maybe just like two Miles Davis, and I'm good, Damn. or whatever you know. So it's I never really have an all day jazz session. It's usually like a couple hours. So you don't need a lot of Django, but it's good. It's great stuff. And um, this next this last one, which is actually my pick of the week. Is a uh, prior to me buying this record, had never heard of this guy before. His name is Red Norvo. Had you ever heard of him or or no? <laughs> no. So I picked this up from the Glass House uh, record store in Pomona, <laughs> and it was just I was looking through all the you know the, the new arrivals, the used new arrivals. It was three bucks, and the cover it just looks so bad and goofy. Is this old? old white guy with like red hair and he's like he has this giant smile on his face and he's playing the marimba or the vibes whatever and he just looks like he's having the time of his life but it looks so cheesy and i'm like this has to be good and it's only three bucks so i took the gamble but then i put it off for like two months i just didn't want i just didn't play it never felt in the mood i'm like you know what, fuck it i'll just throw it i'm tired of looking at his face when i'm like flipping through my my backlog so i just threw it on and damn dude i was blown away this is really really good because i thought i thought this was going to be more of like an exotica thing uh more like martin denny maybe a little bit less baxter but this is like just straight up jazz with a bunch of awesome marimba and vibes or whatever whichever one he decides to use and they they just kind of go for it and reading more about him he put out a lot of music this particular one it's called uh red norvo and hi-fi and it's called vibrations but it's v-i-b-e space ra- rations <laughs> r-a-t so it, it, it's a little play on words uh this this particular one came out in 1956 so this is not this is this record is not it's not streaming anywhere online i looked this record is not on spotify apple music soundcloud it's not even on youtube it is nowhere to be found to be streamed so when i was looking for this particular song called sweet sweet georgia brown i was able to find something that is almost exactly like what's on the record. So the version that you listen to, Jeff, is not the version that's on my record. Well, that's But it's the closest. Yeah, so it's the closest thing to it. And, uh, and yeah, so this is... I, the, what, I, what I'm going to play you is was recorded a year after this record came out with a different quintet. I think it's a quintet. And, uh, and it's very jazzy. I mean, it's just... It's super rad. So I'm just going to play... I'm going to play this real quick. Sweet Georgia Brown from uh, Red Norvo, and uh, here we go. One (sighs) second. I know.
There you go. A little bit of a sweet Georgia Brown from Red Norvo. Uh, what did you think of this one? What did you think of it? Well, so for one, yeah, that cover is awful. It's just... Oh, yeah, God, I'm looking at it right now. It. It's so bad. <laughs> it looks like somebody like took a picture of this guy at a wedding, and he's just some random dude in like the house band. Yeah, it's, it's so fucking best. dumb. And he's just—he looks like he's a little drunk, maybe a little high, and just kind of <laughs> pants are pulled up way too high. It just looks like something that would be so fucking stupid. And then I was looking on Discogs too, and there's three versions of this. Two of the versions are ten inches; they're not even like full LPs. Yeah, and but mine is the actual LP. So that's weird. But yeah, it's but but musically, I thought this was this was great. This was this is just it was fantastic. It was a good blend of the vibraphone into like jazz music, and it wasn't obnoxious, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like gimmicky like Exotica is. Hey, which I mean, watch not, it. not a good or bad thing, but it, it's gimmicky. Ah, uh, whatever. Just because the animal sounds is the only thing. Oh that... my god, the animal sounds are so annoying. <laughs> I swear, I, I, I thought too. Like listening to this song, I was like, "Yeah, at some point they're gonna there's gonna be like a toucan cawing or something." <laughs> Fucking toucan Sam in there. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh! But this is this I this honestly blew me away. And yeah, I, like I said, I really only bought this because the cover was so stupid looking. It's How unbelievable. Much was this? Three bucks. Oh, dude, that's a steal. I mean, totally Discogs at least it. ten bucks, and it's all in shit condition. I know. Well, I mean, what do you think? I mean, the guys at Glasshouse, they look at this and they're like, well, yeah, it's going for 12 bucks on or 11 bucks on Discogs, but who the fuck is going to buy it? What idiot's going to buy this? <laughs> Here can me strolling along. But you know you would have picked this up too. After like, three dollars? Sure Absolutely. Yeah. With this ugly ass cover? For sure. <laughs> I'll post it on the, uh, on the socials too because... Yeah, it's just so. It's just it, he's such an old looking man, and but he's stoked. He's just happy to be there. Really <laughs> I love it. I love it. But th- this entire record is is a, is almost all like this. So it it there's slower moments and quieter moments throughout the record. But it, what's cool is he he. It's not just him going off on the uh, on the vibes on the vibraphone and stuff. But he lets the other guys do their things too, like the guy playing the sax, the guitarist, and everything. So. It's really good stuff. Great record. If you anybody ever sees it in the wild or just wants to pick it up off Discogs, go do it because it's well worth it. And it really sucks. It's not on any streaming sites. So maybe I'll put it on YouTube. I don't know. Who knows? Who how, knows? How, you, how did you get this one? What do you mean? The the version you just played. What was that? YouTube? Yeah, it was YouTube. But I I typed in you know Red Norvo Sweet Georgia Brown and there's another version of this song, but it's it's not nearly as good. Uh, it's much slower and it's ma- mainly all vibraphone. There's like nothing else really going on and it was just kind of lame. So I found this this rendition that I got. I just found it just looking for the the version that's on the record. So like I said, this is the the only version that came close to what the one on the record sounds like. Cuz it's not the exact same version. Red Norvo. Check them out. Check them out. So that's all I got from my vinyls and uh, my pick of the week. So let's just jump into some new music and other happenings in the music world. Not a whole lot has been going on, but that's normal for November, December. It's usually slow at the end of the year. So we have one new song. It comes from MXPX. Do you want to play this one? No. Okay. I don't either. It's called Hold Your Tongue and Say Apple. And so this is like a Christmas, a Christmas song. And uh, I mean, it's... Whatever. It's MXPX. It's pop punk. You probably did dug you, it more than I did. But did you hold your tongue and say Apple? In no, remembrance I'm not of what do we that. do. Why? You didn't do it? No. 
Oh, Jesus. You're like <laughs> you're like you're like Robin Williams in Hook. Like you you've officially you're not a kid anymore. You just oh, yeah, a no, I'm boring as adult. I'm just Peter, yeah. Yeah. Of, of course I held my tongue and said apple. That was hilarious as a kid. <laughs> Looked on your shirt and spelled attic. Like none of these things are, are fun to you anymore. Zero fun. <laughs> yeah. We all know I am I am zero fun. Good every lord. Day. All yeah, day, this, every day. This song was solid. It's a Christmas song, so I'm never gonna listen to it again or playlist or anything because you know. But you don't have a Christmas playlist? I do, but they're they're it's like ninety five percent covers. I don't like original Christmas music. Well, I think like the only exception is I'll Be Home for Christmas by Blink. I think that's the only one on there that's not a cover. What about the uh the Christmas one they put out two years ago? I no. think it was? Nope. <laughs> no, why? Because I don't like Christmas music has been around for for too long for people not to do covers of it. It's just I don't need no more. The world doesn't need any more Christmas music. It's got plenty. That's fair. Plenty. I agree with you. So even though I did like the song, it's it is run of the mill MXPX, which MXPX really have never written a bad song, but they've only Mm -hmm. really written like two great albums. (laughs) IMO. Okay. All right. IMO. IMO. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's all we got for new music. Uh, the last thing here, I, j- I just kind of wanted to talk about it real quick. Uh, Disney Plus put up a, a Beatles documentary. And a few days ago, I, I just I saw a headline saying that Peter Jackson, you know, put this out and that it was six hours long. I'm like, fuck, dude, that's of course Peter Jackson will put out a long documentary. So then I thought, okay, this is this must be like about the history of the band that, you know, they were only around for 10 years. And then I and then I then I read a little bit more and I thought, okay, this is just them recording the White Album. And I thought that's still a long documentary for arguably like their worst record. And then I actually started watching it, and then I realized, oh no, it's just about one single show, and the lead up to that single show, six hours, over six hours. But you're gonna finish it though. I'm gonna finish it. I'm yeah. I'm I'm an hour and a half deep. Yes, this is what this is what time means to you. Free free time. This is what free time means to Tyler. Is is this? But, yeah. So it, it it's it's the famous show where they played on top of the building on top of the roof on the roof. Remember? Because yeah. they hadn't played they hadn't played a show in like two years. So the at least I'm like I said I'm an hour and a half deep, and this is them preparing for that. They decided they wanted to play a show, but they wanted to record a new record live. And then it eventually turned into like, well, let's not do that. Let's kind of rearrange old songs. So right now I've gotten to the point where they're fight, they're kind of fighting, like being really petty and bitchy to each other about how they should restructure some of the songs. And dude, John, I mean, I've never been a Lennon guy. Like I think he's the worst part of the band. Uh, yeah. he's not, well, I, okay, I take it back. He's not the worst part of the band, but he's my least favorite member. Let's just say that. I guess, okay, that's fair. Uh, and dude, the guy is so disconnected. Like he just does not want to be there at all. And Paul, he he's trying. He wants he wants to do something really cool. He wants to do something really cool for not only for the band but for the fans. And he like he's really going out of his way to say, "Let's try this. Let's do this. Let's do this." And Lennon barely says anything. And then Yoko Ono is literally sitting oh, next God. to him, like two feet from him. She's sewing. She's reading a newspaper. And it's like, dude, if if you're if you're there, like at least enjoy what's going on or just go in another room, go home. Like if you, if, if you're that bored with what's going on, then fucking go home. Or if you're trying <laughs> to pro- prove like an artistic point, whatever that may be, you look like a fucking idiot. 
like re- regardless of what you think about Yoko, like whether or not she was the catalyst for them breaking up, you know, whatever she may or may not have been, you know, every, every guy in the band has their own, their own responsibility, their own reasons why they didn't want to continue with the band. That's their thing. But how she's, dude, she's literally just sitting next to them, not saying a word. And I, dude, I, you just got to watch, like watch the first hour of it, at least Jeff. And you'd just be so irritated by just how annoying <laughs> Lennon and Yoko are and how Ringo is just, Ringo just kind of sits there and you, you can just tell he just wants to jam. Like he just wants to have a good time. And then <laughs> he just wants to hang out with the buds. He just wants to hang out. That's all he wants. Paul is trying to like be the orchestrator because nobody else has given him any sort of feedback. So I, I feel bad for Paul because he's really, really trying. And then George is kind of like, I don't know, George, I, he, he kind of just seems kind of out there kind of doesn't care either and it was just it i don't know it was weird to watch but it was kind of cool because they there are parts where they jam with each other and that was fun to watch and all that kind of stuff but at least watch like the first hour that's what I, will, I, I, will, I will check it out and it'll probably be like a a six-part marathon for me but i probably will finish it if it irritates me i'll probably finish it because then i'll just i like getting <laughs> mad at them at people in general because yeah. i seriously i'm an hour and a half deep and it wasn't until like maybe an, a little over an hour where you start to see them get mad at each other and then Oof. them start to be bit, especially like George toward Paul gets super bitchy, like hardcore bitchy. Huh. And I don't know. I, I just, I'm like, dude, he's the only one that's taking this, this entire thing seriously. Like, why are you acting like this? Why are you acting like a child? And all they're doing is like chain smoking cigarettes, drinking and everything. <laughs> like seriously, it, the, the, entire, the entire thing, they're just smoking cigarettes the entire time and just drinking beers. All hmm. they're doing. That's pretty cool. It's, it's it's been kind of interesting. Go check it out. It's called Get Back. It's on Disney Plus. Like I said, Peter Jackson, of course, he fucking makes a six hour six hour documentary about a forty five minute concert. But that's you know. Peter Jackson. Fucking dude, he's the worst. A lot of lens flares. <laughs> no, no, because what he did is he he literally only used footage from uh-huh. that that period. So at the beginning, it says there, there's like a disclaimer at the beginning that says that. There was 60 hours of video footage oh my God. that was went through, that was gone through for this, and then 150 hours of audio. Dude. So it says it's like inter, interspersed together to make a six-hour documentary. Good God. That's just, fuck that. Oh. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Okay. Okay. But they, I will say, though, he did a, an absolute amazing job restoring the footage because it, it really looks like it, it was taken, like, two years ago. Like, it, it looks modern. It's, it's so weird. I can't explain it. You, just have, you have to watch how well they, they remastered all this footage. It looks fucking amazing. Do they eventually play the concert, like, in its entirety? I don't know. Do you I know? I got that far. Oh. I'm only on... Because it, it starts off, like, with, uh, like, uh, like, on a calendar. So it says... So I'm only up through day three. So this is like rehearsals up through the show. And I guess there's like 15 days of rehearsal oh or something God. like that. And I'm only on day three. This sounds, uh, it's, this sounds so annoying. This sounds just like fucking horrible, horrible homework. <laughs> you got to watch. Like I said, just watch an hour, see how you feel. I want to know how you feel about it. This, this sounds like the worst teacher you've ever had in high school just assigned the worst project you ever did in high school. <laughs> Like that's what yeah. that's what watching this sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But it was fine. It was fine. Just watch it. You might enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, you never know. All right. Uh, okay, so that's all I got. 
Okay, good, good. So that's all I got. Do you have anything else for the pod? For this no. episode, at least? No, 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 no. That is it. Okay. So thank you all for listening to the podcast. Go to uh, Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for the main episode because we're getting into Pantera's record, Vulgar Display of Power, and we're also going to rank all nine of their records. So that's all I got, and uh, that's it. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm-